teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the senior pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Let us pray. Father, I give you praise in the name of Jesus and I thank you for another time in your presence. Another time at your table as we get into your word we ask that it will come with power and precision and that it will bless your people in the name of jesus that bodies will be healed today and souls will be saved that there will be many rejuvenated peace restored and joy given take all the glory in jesus name we pray amen for my scripture i read from matthew chapter 27 the Bible says from Matthew 27, 45, as I read, it said, Now from the sixth hour until the night hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the night hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it in a reed, and offered it to him to drink. And then the rest said, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Wow. So when the centurion and those with him who was guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Praise the Lord. 28. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. The countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Praise the Lord. So you see, the Bible is clear and explicit on this account. He died and he resurrected. The Bible says that at the point where he gave up the ghost, there was an earthquake. So at his death, there was an earthquake. And amazingly, when the women were going to the grave on Easter Sunday, there was another earthquake. The soldiers were all fighting and they fled, only to be confronted 
by an angel who said, you're searching for Jesus. He's not here. He is risen. So I just noted in the scriptures that an earthquake signaled his death. An earthquake signaled his resurrection. Amazing God. And another thing I realized quickly about this is this. That those who stand there guarding and who all were in a mockery of the person of Jesus gave their lives. Howbeit at the very end when he was dying. In fact, as a matter of fact, immediately after he died, what followed? They couldn't really help but to agree and testify that truly this must be the Son of God. You see, and when the angel we speak to them, you know what he said? He said, He is a reason, even as he told you before. So we begin to see that his death was deliberate, his death was intentional. His death was purposeful. Some, like we said, we die by accident. Some, some sicknesses which they could not shake. But not Jesus. No sickness killed him. No accident killed him. He chose to die. Remember in John chapter 10, we're looking at verses 17 and 18, where he said that, look, I laid down my life only to pick it up again. He says, no man can take my life from me. But as I choose, I lay it down and I take it again. And so we see that resurrection was very, very much part of the deal and the purpose of his dying on Good Friday. And that's why we cannot limit the Easter event to just Good Friday. We can't limit it to the fact that he died on the cross. Oh, that is phenomenal. Without the cross, there's no Christianity. Please get me right. But you see, Jesus did beyond the cross and everything he did on the cross and through the cross, he made available after the cross. That is, his resurrection becomes key to us, important to us. In fact, it's the door and the access to all that he achieved for us through the cross. So we celebrate soberly his death, his torture, his death on the cross, his burial, but much more we celebrate the fact that he resurrected. He rose from the dead. And that's why Easter is a joyful celebration. Very, very joyful celebration. A day we commemorate and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, somebody said that Easter is simply the greatest event in history. In the history of man, Easter is the greatest event. It changed the course of the entire earth. It changed the entire course of creation. Ah, look at the account we just read. The Bible said the moment he died, the curtain in the temple split into two for the first time. The graves of Old Testament saints who had gone before split open. The rock split open and spilled out everyone. And people began to recognize people that they knew that were dead. They were walking into Jerusalem. That was scary. You know why? Because the one who just gave up the ghost was not just going to resurrect. He himself happens to be the resurrection and the life. In fact, that was what he told Mary and Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so the moment he gave up the ghost, Every soul that has been held bondage of any kind was set free. 
as a matter of fact, to testify to that fact, I want us to just quickly turn to uh, Revelation chapter 1 in verse 18. You hear what he said again from his own lips in the revelation he gave to John on the island of Patmos. He said, from verse 17 actually, John was reporting, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. Amazing. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and who was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Glory be to God in the highest. I have the keys of Hades and death. And the one who was alive and died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Now, talking about that, why will he say that way? And remember, he didn't just end it that way. He said, now I hold the keys of Hades and death. So his death was actually to take over, to take back the keys of Hades and death. And that's why we always say that his dying gave us the forgiveness we want. That's the Bible. And his resurrection gave us the freedom and the liberty and the authority that God has created us with from the beginning, which we lost in the garden. So he took the key from the usurper from the oppressor of the souls of men. So that was the essence of his dying. That was the reason for his choice. What about his resurrection? Now he's resurrected. We are no more scared of death. The keys are no more in the hands of the devil. But for the man that does not know Jesus, he's still been tortured. But for every man in Christ Jesus, the keys are yours. The devil can't do you nothing anymore. Your confidence is restored. He is imputing his righteousness to you. I don't want to beat myself. Let me just quickly talk about resurrection. Some will say, big deal. What, what was resurrection? Because in the Old Testament, some people were raised from the dead. Remember, the widow of Zarephite's son, Elijah, rose him from the dead. Yeah. And of course, the Shunammite woman, Elisha resurrected him from the dead. Good. And even after the death of Elisha, when the corpse was particularly thrown on the grave of Elijah, his dead bones caused that corpse to come back to life. So we have three recordings in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, of course, through the hands of Jesus Christ, the son of the widow of Nain. Remember? Good. And of course, the popular Jairus' daughter, the high priest. And of course, the raising of Lazarus after four days in the tomb. He came back. And um, what we just read, that at his death on the cross, many came back. All right? Good. And of course, after he ascended to heaven, what about through the hands of Peter, Tabitha, or Dorcas, remember? Joppa. And then, of course, Eutychus, the young man that fell from the window when Paul was preaching through the hands of Paul. But what we realize about all this is this. They were raised up, given that by the power of God, they threw a man. It was either through Elijah or Elisha or Jesus or Paul or Peter. But what about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Oh, yes, the same power of God. They threw the power of God raised him up from the dead through himself. 
So Jesus got out of the grave by himself. The same power of God relevant to all, relevant to in this case too, but there was nobody, there was no intermediary. He said, I laid down my life and I took it up. He did take it up by himself. Number two, watch this. Everyone who was raised up died again. But Jesus resurrected and remains alive and is still alive today. And this he said, he said, and I'm alive forevermore. So how did he disappear? He ascended into heaven. As he promised. And he said, I will send you the Holy Spirit, which he has done. And the angel that made disciples gazing up to heaven on Mount Olivet, where he lived, and said, Why are you standing there looking up to heaven? Said this same Jesus, in the same manner that he was taken from he's coming back again. And he too said, I'm coming back again. So he's coming back again. So now, what's the significance of the resurrection? Let's deal with that. Beautiful story. And the reality of realities. Hallelujah. So by his death, he conquered hell. Hallelujah. He conquered sin. Glory be to God the highest. He conquered the devil. Now, remember, when God created man, he gave him dominion over the earth. He made man the lord of the earth, albeit delegated authority. But man lost that authority to the devil. He deceived Eve. But Adam committed high treason. He disobeyed God. A man fell. The Bible said, "Why in his bosom when he fell?" So he translated us from that beautiful kingdom of God into the control, the control of the devil. So for the first time, man created of God was obeying a voice on earth other than God's voice, the voice of the devil. So man came under the rule of the devil. Now every man born of a woman became a slave, just like their father. The devil's slave. That was why David, as we say, it was in sin I was conceived, it was in sin I was born. And that's why we make it clear to people that you are not a sinner because you are a fornicator. You are not a sinner because you are a liar, a cheat, a murderer. You are a sinner because that's your nature. Given a free atmosphere, you will commit sin. You can't help yourself. So it's not what you do that makes you a sinner. It is the fact that you're a sinner that you do what you do. Like we can't tell a dog not to bark. A dog barks because it's a dog. Now, when the sinner wants to stop sinning, I guess, but he doesn't have the power. So the question again would be, why would God just knock the devil on the head and take the power back? No. The devil will be the first one to accuse God. That's what he does best. He will accuse God of... I didn't take it from you, God. I took it from man. You gave it to man. I took it from man. And you are a just God. And God will not allow any of his attributes to counter the other. So what will happen? It will take man to take it back from the devil. Hebrews chapter 2. He said, you created man, you put everything under his feet, but we are here to see man exercise his dominion. See, but somehow, we have seen Jesus walking the face of the earth and exercising the dominion. That's it. You know why? He knew no sin. He was never under the control of the devil. He was tempted in every way like we are tempted. But he never sinned. That's why he qualified to be the one to die and go to 
where the devil is and take it back. But why must he die? Because every man that sinned it will die. But he didn't sin. He became sin for us. Otherwise, there was no way he would have access where everyone that sinned and died goes. So he died and went there. And when he appeared there, the devil knew that a strange person had come. He lost the battle. The Bible said, Colossians chapter 2, 13 to 15. He made a public show of him and collected the key. That's why I could declare in Revelation 1, 18, said, now I have the keys of Hades and death. So what does his resurrection do? He sets man free, puts him back in the place of authority, breaking the power of sin, the fear of sin, the fear of hell, the fear of Satan. Glory be to God in the highest. That's number one. Number two, what does it do for us? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number two, his resurrection enabled God to impart. I wrote it here in my own words. It, says, it enables God to impart his eternal life, his perfect redemption, and perfect freedom to hitherto Satan's dominated and enslaved man. So it was one thing that he forgave our sins, remove the guilt thereof, sets us free. It's another thing to put his nature in us. If we must exercise dominion on earth, we must be exactly like Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, he said he behoves him to bring many sons to glory. In John chapter 1 verse 12, he said to as many as receive him, he has given the power to become the sons of God. So it's not just enough. So the fact that I accepted his love, which he demonstrated towards me by dying on the cross, putting his life on the line, shedding his blood for me, will not only cleanse me of my sins, but will qualify me to become like him. He will impart into me his nature, his character, his life, his total redemption and perfection. So that brings me to a sub-point under this point. I wrote here, I said, that resurrection day began the release or the introduction of the new creation man on earth. <laughs> a man, a new type of man, a new species of man to begin to walk the face. Until now, since the fall, we've never seen such a person again. That's what the book of Hebrews said, until we saw Jesus. We never saw a man like that. So that was the kind of man that God made, but we never saw a man like that. But now Jesus didn't just come to come show off. No, he came to bring man back to the place that God has originally created us for. Authority on earth. So with that resurrection, he opened the door for us. He infused into us his life. He infused into us his righteousness. He infused into us his power. That's what Paul was referring to in Ephesians 1 when he was praying for the saints in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, it's from verse 15 actually. I'll read quickly. It says, therefore I also, that's Paul, after I heard of your faith, hello, your faith, hallelujah, <laughs> in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, they go together. The day you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you begin to live in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, in the love of the Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says that his love is poured out, that is shed abroad in our hearts. The day we say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my savior. He comes in. Hallelujah. Verse 16. Do not cease to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you. 
they give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know all right what is the hope of his calling that is his salvation his deliverance and what are the riches of his glory in of his inheritance in the saints which we are one and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ Jesus but here the way it is in the Amplified Bible that's amazing here it says the exceeding greatness of his power towards us but in the Amplified Bible it puts it clearly it's not towards us it is in us glory be to God in the highest listen to what he says and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. So you see what I'm saying is that it didn't just cleanse us from sin and forgives our sins. He brings us to be like him. As a matter of fact, the fact that I'm born again, I believe him, I receive him. Like I said in John 1 12, he's making me son. He's giving me the capacity, the ability to become like Jesus. So what I tell my son, I tell my hearers is this. Before his death and resurrection, it was Jesus was God's only begotten son. But after his resurrection and the outpouring of the Spirit, and men began to be born again and regenerated. God does not have an only begotten son anymore. He has begotten sons. And by this, I use it generically. I mean men and women. The capacity to become like him. So somebody saying, you mean you all are like Jesus now? Yes. But we are at different stages of development. We are maturing. So the Bible recognizes that. So there are babies in Christ. And there's always a room for growth. So you get born again, you're like a baby who is just born. And with nourishment and with care, you grow up into full maturity. And all of us keep on growing up, keep on growing until the coming of the Lord, until the rapture. You say, what about those who die before then? Oh, the Bible says those, who, those of us who are alive will not hinder them. They will rise before us and we all rise and meet them in the sky. And at that time, the way exactly is we will be. That's what in Christianity we call the full consummation of this love which he has for us. Exactly like him. So there are many like him here. So what I'm saying is this. That same resurrection power is available to you if only you will believe him and receive him and make him the Lord and the Savior of your life. So he opened the door for that. What an amazing thing. And to further buttress that, you hear the same Paul praying for the saints in the church in Ephesus. Again, still Ephesians chapter 3. I think from verse 14, where it began to say that, Amen. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom all the families in heaven and earth are his name, that he will strengthen you with might by the Holy Spirit, according to his riches in glory. He will strengthen you with might by the Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart faith. You see what I mean? He brought his nature right into us. And he says that and we then we'll be able to comprehend and know the depth and height and width and length and know the depth of love which he has for us. Then we'll be able to design with all saints the love of Christ. 
and will be filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. I mean filled with all the fullness of God. And here Paul referred to this in almost all his letters in the book of 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. In at least two, three places, he will say, don't you know that your body is the temple? Or don't you know that your body holds or houses the spirit of God which is in you? So what does resurrection do? It comes to open us up and give us the capacity to become sons of God so we can walk the earth like Jesus walked and do the works that he did. And like he said, much more than this work, glory be to God in the highest. And so uh, somebody said before, he said, in those days, we had physical giants walking the face of the earth. He said, but today we have spiritual giants walking the face of the earth. That's what Easter has come to do. He's come to give you another chance. He's come to tell you you can be all that God wants you to be on earth. You don't have to be controlled by anything. There are some strong men and women who are controlled by habits. Can you imagine? Some strong men and women controlled by anger. Some strong women and women controlled by all kinds of things. And the seeking deliverance. What I've come to say today is that Deliverance has come to your doorstep. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart today. In celebrating this Easter, this year, let it go down in history that you made a new discovery. You made a new decision. You followed it through. You received Jesus into your life. I don't need to tell you the rest. If any man be in Christ, he becomes a new creation. You become one of these new species of being walking the face of the earth. That's just the way it is. Um, in Romans chapter 8 verse 11, Paul was still writing to the, uh, to the church, now to the church in Rome. And he says something. He said, If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So, this resurrection power that lifted him out of the grave this resurrection power that Paul says is not possible. It's not, there's nothing compared, incomparable. This power that is ever active, that is ever resurrecting anything death-like around him, which is in you, that you will come to a knowledge of it and you will know it. That same power. So Paul was saying in Romans 8, 11, said, if that same power is in you, he said, then don't you think it's going to quicken your mother body? In other words, it's going to make your body alive. So whatever sickness is in your body, don't you, can't you see that you can rise above it now in the name of Jesus? Even if it's coronavirus, if it's cancer, if it's diabetes, hypertension, liver, whatever problem it may be, arthritis, Whatever problem, because you have the life of God in you that could raise Jesus from the dead and is ever ready to impart life to your entire physical system, you are coming out of it in Jesus' name. But you say, but how do I get this going? That's a good question. How do we get it going? The same Paul writing to the Romans in chapter 10, verse 8. It says, the word of faith which we preach is nigh you. It's in your heart and your mouth. Did you get me? 
is in your heart and your mouth. What's there? The word of faith. What's the word of faith? The word describing everything that I've said about you. From Jesus dying for you, resurrecting for you, and you coming to the knowledge, to this knowledge, and receiving him as Lord, everything. That's the word of faith. And what he does for you, that's the word of faith. He said, and the fact that he's dressing you, that's the word of faith. So, so it's near you, it's in your heart. And so it begins with knowledge. If you don't know, you cannot benefit from it. It's just unfortunate. That's the way it is. Remember, I was talking to Joshua uh, after the death of Moses in the Old Testament. He said, Joshua, I'll show you a secret. He said, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. You meditate there in day and night, observing to do all that is written therein. So then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Now, who defines the success? He who has assigned you, who knows exactly what he has called you to do. He's going to say you scored 100% or 0%. He's saying you can score 100% with me. So I'm saying to someone here today, with God and with your life, you can score 100% in the name of Jesus. The secret, don't let this book of the Lord depart out of your mouth. So he's near you, he's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. Take time to get into the word. Study the word. There's no shortcut. Ask the Holy Ghost to help you. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, he said, the unction which you have received of him is in you. Everything points to the fact that you are a new being. You carry God inside of you. So how do I bring it to bear again, I ask? Get to know that he's there. And get to know what he can do. And then believe it in your heart. And speak it. Come on, your mouth. I pray that with this Easter Sunday and Easter celebration, your life is the same again. In the name of Jesus. Welcome home. And for all those of us who are already Christians, look, there's no time to waste. Let's get back into the volume of this book. Let's ask for grace to meditate. Someone, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That stands not in the way of sinners. That sits not in the seat of discomfort, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And therein he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruits in the season. His leaves also shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. I see you prospering here. You see, I was looking at the way Paul did it. He, Paul led an outstanding life. Ah, incredible. But this is the secret. No wonder in Philippians chapter 3 he was saying that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He knew that power. That power stopped the devil. That power gave Jesus authority over the devil. That power will give you authority over the devil, over situations, over circumstances, even now. But how? It's now you. It's in your heart and in your mouth. Again, of course, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, unto him, to God, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can ever think or ask. Those who have been again, your mind, your heart, and your mouth. You ask with your mouth. But just up there. 
to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ever think or ask according to the power it's according to the power it's in commensurate with the power that works in you the power can do everything but how can you get that power to do it again it begins with knowledge like i said you've got to know for that got me before i came on saturday that got me to begin to look at that word knowledge again when paul says uh, I begin to pray that God will grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know. See that word knowledge there and the word know there. I looked at it. They are causative. <laughs> they are the words that when you begin to know, you act. There are perceptions that are defined by actions. The knowledge there. So I see you triumphing in life in the name of Jesus. I see you putting the devil where he belongs in Jesus' name. I see you victorious in the fight of life. That's why the life of a Christian is a fight of faith. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have run a good race. I have finished my course. He was writing to Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Your fight is a good fight. At the end of this corona, you'll be a different person. It's not an accident that is coming right now. And in between the lockdown, we have Easter Sunday. At least that has given me the privilege to look at the word of God again, like I'm looking at it, and to be able to share with you. Together we'll rejoice at the end in Jesus' name. Now, I know there are some who are going through some struggles, probably in your body, physically, maybe a health problem, or maybe an inner turmoil, some disappointment, or some kind of confusion coming from somewhere, I don't know. But whatever it is, whether it's inner or external, the Bible says, by stripes we are here. By stripes, one of the things that happened when I was beaten, 39 lashes on his back, his back was broken, blood and skin and bones flying everywhere, and yet he didn't die. He, he experienced the maximum pain that could be experienced before he now died. Why? So that you may be healed. Whatever pain is in your body, whatever growth that is uncalled for that is disturbing your system, I command that spirit of infirmity. I say, go in the name of Jesus. Leave them alone. The price has been paid. So be healed in the name of Jesus. Yes, I say, rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. Is it corona, virus attack? You're not going to die. Hear me well. You will not die. You will live and declare the glory of God. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we give a praise. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. And God bless you.